Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? Episode 312. 312, JC. You know what's popping? Mm. That throwback polo you're wearing. And no, it's not a polo like a polo bear. I'm ashamed to say this is an Under Armour branded Madden. Under Armour is basically one step above Reebok in my world. No, Under Armour is one step above Russell Athletic. Ooh, seriously? Yes. You know what's crazy is any more champions like a brand? Yeah. Yeah, when we were kids? It was cool. It no. Ca- champion was, it was cool, then it got whack. Now it kind of became cool, now it's whack again. Oh, that's probably like me and my music selection. Look, uh, sip, like by the time I get into something, like I'm yeah, into the baby, my son's like, hey, that yeah, was good five over, years yeah. ago. His career's done. It's done. Yeah. Yep, flash in the pan. That's all they Coming are. Gone. That's all they are. Yeah, kind of like that shirt you're wearing. Yeah, though. That's a throwback. How old it, is that? Like, what, what? Well, Madden, get this, get this. Madden 25 came out in like 2019. It's like the 25th anniversary. It oh, makes, so that's only four years old. And knowing old. you in clothes, you've worn it three times. I golfed and This is a beater shirt. Oh, is it? Yeah. You woke up, you couldn't be bothered this I couldn't, morning? I, I couldn't be bothered. I was like, I put on one of my hoodies, and I was like, it's going to be way too hot today. So then I dressed apropos for today's weather. Because in Florida, unlike the rest of the country, it's like 85 degrees and sunny. It is. It was a gorgeous weekend. Absolutely Beautiful, gorgeous. right? Yeah, I missed you. We got together out in the hills of Claremont Saturday morning. Claremont. And, uh, you know, biked. Biked about 33 miles. For what? Ran three and a half afterwards, John. Oh, hold on. You, you ran like right after? Right. Like you get off your bike and then you go run. With other people that you paid this inexorbitant amount to have a coach tell you to do, huh? Basically. No, but you know what's cool about this weekend is this was the Special Olympics weekend. So okay. um, the Special Olympians or the future Special Olympians all gathered together from all over the state. Like they're driving okay. up, up from Miami, down from Tallahassee. And the coaches and some of the the um, triathlon athletes mm-hmm. uh, will coach and mentor and train with these. Um, some of them are teenagers. Some of them are young adults. Mm-hmm. But these uh, special Olympians. So uh, there was like a, a lot of people out there then. Yeah. So it was one of those things where they basically said, hey, if you're training for X, and I was in that group of X, mm-hmm. You may want to only do two thirds of the course because the other one third of the course was going to be just jam packed. Did they give you a bib? No, this was training. There's no bibs. There's bibs for training. There might be. I mean, I guess you call it. A, I call them singlets, and that's totally wrong. Singlet. Oh, you should see me with these people who've been geeking out over like triathlons for like the past decade, and I'm oh, like the noob because yeah. I'll say things. I'll call something like a buoy. And he's like, you mean the kickboard? I'm like, yeah, it's a buoy, right? It's something I can hold on to. God, and they look like you like such a noob. Yeah, and I, I call them like flippers. Like, you mean fins? I'm like, yeah, the flippers. Are they acceptive or is it like more of a judgmental community? Like, ah, oh, scoff at you because you don't have $400 whatever turf shoes with the um, special. Or I, are they more like welcoming? I'm sure some of the ladies are like, oh, bless his heart. Yeah, but most you people know? are like, wow, you're a dumbass. You don't know anything. Some people make me feel good. Carlos. Carlos always makes me feel good. Because you're paying him. No, that's Hector. That's Hector. No, Carlos is, is one of the athletes. He's a stud. He and his okay. girlfriend, Jen. Jen's like a world qualifier. Really? But nonetheless, how did we get on this topic, John? Because it was beautiful oh, out, was a and beautiful you wanted, out. And you were doing some fucking half marathon like you always do to make yourself in shape. Yes, that's what I was doing. It's a great time for me to release my thoughts and get creative. You know what else I did? I thought about T-Lop Live. This... Oh, T-Lop Live, baby. I got a lot to say about T-Lop Live. I know, Live. but now we can't say it because now we have to think we're talking in the future. So now we're going to talk about it. Like, come uh, out this third. West Palm. 
West Palm. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't have my phone on me. Doesn't matter. The date is set. Is it? Yes. When is it? Were, were you not on the calendar invite? Uh, mm. You probably were. Knowing you, John, you accepted the calendar uh, invite just, without even looking. I blindly do accept them. Okay. I'm pretty positive it's the first Wednesday, Wednesday in of April. April. Yeah. April Fool's. I think it's like April 3rd. Let's go. West yes, Palm? West Palm. West Palm. Locked and loaded. Hey, the, the, we have not solidified a venue. Uh-oh. And we're still looking for um, two co-sponsors. But I have a sponsor. We, Look, this is what it takes. I, one of our, George. George in Sacramento. George. Right? Or oh. Jorge. Okay. Yeah, it just depends on how many margaritas I've had to drink. <laughs> right? But let's call him George for, for today. Mm-hmm. George is like, Dio, man, I'm trying to save the funds so I can get to, like, your next T-Lop Live. I said, George, save your funds. Mm-hmm. For like coffee appointments with realtors or happy hours with builders. Yep. You do not need to be spending money on airfare. What you need to do, George, is you need to hook up with a couple sponsors in your market who would love to host us. And then we'll fly to you. And we'll fly to you. Like we could go to Northern Cali. Southern Cali. Then the next the next day we could hop on a flight down to Southern Cali. We could knock out or if we did Orange County, you could probably get San Diego to drive up. You could probably get like LA to drive down, mm-hmm. right? So we can do Orange County, then we could do like Northern Cali. We might just do a whole West Coast tour and stay out there for like three, four weeks. You think so? Yeah. Slide into Reno. Keep going. Yeah, we just had a great call with your boy Nick. Hey, yep. shout out Nick Serrano. Shout out Nick to make sure if you even watch this, you shout, will be. Shout out yeah. Nick Serrano. Yeah, Nick's looking to get into podcasting, so JC hooked him up with some of his knowledge and some of his, his experience. Nerdy shit. Yeah, no, I um, I wrote another article for Housing Wire. Look at you. Yeah, that's what happens. Look, you didn't ask what I did Sunday. Well, actually, I did. I did exercise Sunday. You right? What'd you do? Chat bot AI, whatever you call it. Chat. No, BGT. I wrote that shit myself, John. No, I don't believe you. I'll put in the AI. And AI wrote it. That's how everything's gonna be now. Chat GPT. I've asked them to write a couple articles, and they're garbage. They were so boring and that's why you gotta get you gotta level. do it more and more so the algorithm can learn. No, I um, my daughter had a dance competition, so my wife took care of the Friday night because she only danced once. But you still had to drive an hour and a half to get there, wait two hours, watch her dance for three minutes, <laughs> wait for awards, and then drive an hour and a half back. So my wife took one for the team and says, hey, honey, yeah. why don't you stay home and I'll go do this, which was cool. My son and I got to spend the, the evening together. And then Saturday, I went and trained all morning. And then my wife said, hey, again, I'll fall on the sword. And I'll go. And she went from like 4 o'clock. She left the house. She got back at like 11 o'clock. Me, I held down the couch and I binged watched a show on hbo max called the secret sex life of college girls that makes me sound like an old dirty man which Mm. i'm not denying but that's not the premise of the show no my wife recommended it yes i binged it i'm like on season two already i binged that golf show you know it's written by it's written by um i cut you off i apologize wouldn't be the first time mindy um kayling project yes yes so i think she wrote it or she produced it anyhow it's a decent show. It's trash. It's not trash. Have you seen it? No, but it sounds like not for our demographics, i.e. men. It sounds like, you know, college girls should watch it or something. Or married housewives. I have no idea. Like, look, look, you're talking to someone whose favorite genre is rom-com. For real? My Truth. favorite uh, genre is documentary, so I guess that's where we differ. I I can get into a couple of Ken Burns, but man, those what things the, are no Ken Burns is like what the teacher rolls in on, a, on a, the, when the teacher rolled in the TV <laughs> and is like we're gonna learn about history today, kids, and we're like holy shit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I wrote an article. Uh, it hopefully good? it'll be. It'll, oh, by the time this comes out, because you're be working so far ahead, yeah, 
it'll it'll already be out. Yeah. Look at but you. I wrote it out of frustration, which is awesome. Like I think it's awesome. Like, angry was, love letter. Angry love letter to the industry. Yes, I was tired of loan officers and mortgage professionals speaking like loan officers and mortgage professionals. You don't make content for you and your colleagues. You make content for your clients and your clients don't speak mortgage. That's very true. If you want to know more about this, check out the damn article. You should subscribe to Housing Wire. It's free. Anyway, today's topic, ladies Today, and gentlemen. Today's topic comes from, the actually, the town it, it came from the town hall. Yeah. Yeah, so go ahead. Why don't you ask the questions? Because I've been loving, I wanted to talk about this subject because this is my favorite part of the industry. Is Not, it? No, this is, the, this is where it gets fake, and I like to call people out on it. Okay. The relationship between realtors and mortgage lenders. Realtor. Realtors. No, Realtor. Realtors. Capital R, by the way. Yeah, forever. It's a capital R. R. If you two are writing for Housing Wire, put a damn capital R up in there. Mm. Yeah, so it's Realtors. Yeah. And Mortgage Lenders. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take it one step further, John. Okay. I know know your angle. You always have an angle. Yeah. I know your angle here is specifically wanting to talk about the strife. God, between so fake. lenders and, and realtors, uh-huh. the love-hate relationship. Hate, hate, I like you when you give me checks. Okay. But I think this is great common knowledge for the consumer. Of course. The actual end user has to know this. Because some people think the realtor is the person who gives you the loan and cuts the check, and that's not the case. Nope, and some people think that realtors and lenders are in cahoots. So I think we need to get down and dirty yeah. and we need to open up our audience because I know the name is confusing. Well, I'm not a loan officer. Guess what? You're not supposed to be. You are not supposed to be a loan officer. I'm supposed to be a loan officer and you're supposed to be the active participant who is learning from my decades of experience in business, sales, personal finance, and housing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's why it's called the Loan Officer Podcast. And because I think everyone needs a good LO in their back pocket. BP. Because we know people. Mm-hmm. We are our community expert. Literally. All right. So let's expand the audience and let's speak to anyone who is looking to buy a home, who currently owns a home, who sells homes for a living, who finances homes for a living, or they work in an industry that supports housing and real estate. Which is 99, 95, 80% of the American populace. It's at least 70% of the American populace, John. <laughs> at least up. 70. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're going to start with the consumer. Here's what you need to know. First and foremost, it is illegal for a mortgage lender to pay a real estate professional or a home builder to refer you to them. So if you ever think that your lender is in cahoots with the realtor. Please know that that is false. Now, if it is happening, which look, there are dirty people in all walks of life, all communities, all countries, all states, all counties, all cities. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that dirty, shady stuff doesn't happen, but it probably happens at the same rate that people get murdered very small fraction. It doesn't mean that there isn't murders happening. It just means that the odds of it happening is slim to none. Mm-hmm. So you can accept that your realtor is not referring you to that one particular bank or lender because they're getting paid. Okay. Cause that is illegal. Check out RESPA section eight real estate services procedure act. I know. Sure. I'm sure I messed up. Correct us in the that. comments. Correct us in the comments. There you go. <laughs> 
But I think it's good to know because when your realtor is asking you, begging you, mandating that you reach out to a lender, they don't want just any lender. They want a lender that they trust knows what the hell they're doing. They want a lender that's accountable to them. They want a lender that when they pick up the phone and ask a question, they're going to be there to answer it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because realtors are 1099 independent contractors. They only get paid when your transaction closes. So when you actually buy a house, it's the first time they get a paycheck from you. You don't pay them hourly to work with you. You don't pay them on a per fee basis. No, you pay them. And typically the seller pays them when you buy a house. So that said, if you go to a lender that they don't know, they don't like, they don't trust, they don't have experience with, and that person says yes, but really when you get down to the brass tacks one day before closing, you hear it's no, that realtor just wasted their time on you. That lender technically has that realtor's paycheck held hostage. So because of that, when a realtor recommends hard that you contact a certain lender, there's a reason behind it. They are looking out for your best interest in terms of making sure you get sound advice and that if you're told yes, yes means yes. And if you're told no, there's nothing worse than being told no and then you make two other phone calls and you find out that the answer mm -hmm. should have been yes. Yeah. Right? So they, they need to know that there is someone on the other side that knows a lot about lending that when they say yes, it means yes. When they say no, it means no. At the same time, they need to make sure that they treat you well, they're accountable, right. they close on time. So I think that is good for every consumer to know because a lot of consumers have that twisted. What's the what's the normal rebuttal when a consumer goes to a realtor and they think, because that's just a referral, what do they say? Like, oh, I know somebody, I have my own person, I'll just go here versus using whoever the loan officer suggests or recommends? Yep. Uh, an easy rebuttal. This is for the real estate community right now. An easy rebuttal to that is you're correct, ma'am or sir. There are thousands of lenders all throughout the U.S., right? There's some that are online. There's your bank. There's credit unions. There's some that work out of call centers, and there's some that'll meet you face-to-face. -face. And you are entitled to reach out to whatever lender you're most comfortable with. But when I recommend John, I recommend John because John's accountable to me, because I trust John based on his reputation in the marketplace. Because at the end of the day, we're going to need a lender who helps get your offer accepted. We need a lender who's going to be accountable to you, accountable to me, accountable to the listing agent, and who's going to deliver an on-time closing. Because if that lender doesn't deliver an on-time closing, we may lose the contract. If you don't work with a reputable lender, I might not be able to get your contract accepted in a competitive situation, or I can get it accepted, but not at the best deal because who your lender is matters. It matters to that listing agent who's representing the seller it then matters to whether or not you, they, they're willing to accept your offer. And then it matters whether or not you close on time. So you are correct. You can use whoever you want, but I don't know whoever you want. I don't trust whoever you want. And whoever you want isn't necessarily accountable to me. When I recommend somebody, it's because I'm looking out for your best interest as well as mine and the sellers. That would be my, that would be my script. Golf club. Right? That's for the, the real estate community. Mm -hmm. But I think that's for the consumer. Y'all should know this. Because a lot of times they get it twisted, especially like I had this realtor shout out to Susan Blue and Susan, she knew like she knew humble brag here. If I was doing the loan, she was going to get great reviews. It was going to close on time and not if, but when, when something went sideways, that's when I stepped up the most. Because by the way, mortgage professionals, that's your time to shine. It's not a matter of if something goes sideways, it's when. 
And then it's how do you react when it goes sideways? We are human, so we're going to make human mistakes. And life happens. And when life happens, that's when the experts step up to the game. That's when the true professional rises to the occasion. That's when you separate yourself from the pretenders. It's not when things go well, they're supposed to go well. And if everything went well, you wouldn't be needed. So you need things to go sideways. So that's when you can actually prove your worth. So Susan Blue would refer me so hard that that with the feedback, I'm like, hey, what? they would ask like, hey, what do you pay Susan? She basically was like, you got to use Mandy, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, I don't pay anything. You know, but what I do is I take care of her and her clients. And by take care of, it means that she trusts that if I say yes, it's a yes. If I say no, then it means it can't be done. Or I may say no, but here's how I think it could be done. I'm just not the right person. And she trusts that about me as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of relationship I've built with Susan. That's why Susan understands that as a 100% commission, 1099 independent contractor whose paycheck is on the line, yes, I'm the secret vault she wants holding on to that paycheck and nobody else. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think that needs to be known. Now, I think your questions, John, were more with LOs, realtors, realtors, LOs. LO stands for loan originator. Yeah. And what were those questions specifically? Not just the, the dichotomy, the, the dynamic of how much they depend on each other, yet at times loathe each other. Yeah, so it's interesting, very interesting. Because you're right. I mean, it, to me, it's like a a couple who's been married for like 30 years. Looking they up. love each other. Of course. They would be lonely without each I'd other. I'd be lost without you, babe. But, but damn, do I have fun when you're not around. Oh, my God. And do the other person's nag or all of their, like, little mannerisms or mm. tics. Mm -hmm. uh, they really just get under you your off. skin yeah. so easily. Easily. Right? Because, you know, a new relationship, you look right past oh, that. Oh, I love that. You don't even see their, their, their tics, their flaws, flaws right? Nope. No, but man, the minute you've been living with somebody for like five years or longer. I hate it when you snore. I hate it when you breathe like that. I hate it when you, ah. yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish you wouldn't drink sangria. Why? Why? Because every time you drink sangria, then I got to listen to you snore. Wow. Sounds like it was a personal issue. I mean, I don't know. Just said you, ripped that, you said that with passion. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like they, they do have that relationship. And, and why? I don't know. It's like one of those each party thinks they're better than the other. Each party thinks they're more important right, than, the other, than, the than, other. than the other. Realtors look at lenders as, um, you know, nothing but like greedy, uh, lazy, hands out, wanting referrals. Mm -hmm. Right. And loan officers look at realtors as people who failed at everything else in life. So they became real estate agents. And we know neither one of those is true. For the most part. <laughs> we know yeah. neither one of those is true. Right. But that's how they view it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, let's, let's just slow down. Mm -hmm. I love this industry because when I compare what I had to do as a lender to build relationships with local real estate professionals compared to what I had to do to build relationships in TV advertising oh, with God. local business owners, oh. that job sucked. Yes. The calling on local business owners and, and convincing them to buy a product that when they woke up that morning, they had no idea it even existed or that they wanted it or that they needed it or that it brought value to their life. Oh, yeah. And then once I convinced them to buy their product, then I was allowed to be their, their adversary and their consultant and their advisor. Like a realtor needs a good lender in their back pocket. And if you, if a realtor tells you otherwise, I would, I'm going to go on a limb here, not joking. I don't think they're a good lender. I mean, a good realtor. 
If a realtor believes that they do not need a good lender in their back pocket, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that's not a good realtor. Because I, any good realtor that I know, that I respect, that I would refer my friends and family to, they have usually one, if not two, really good lenders that they rely on, that they trust to do a great job that's accountable to them. So a good realtor understands that they need a good lender. Now, they don't need any lender. So lenders, you need to ask yourself, what value are you bringing to the real estate community? What value? Donuts is not value. It's not. Donuts is a reason why they let you in the door so that possibly you could figure out how many people show up to their meetings and then possibly get two or three of those people to meet you one-on-one. So your rate sheet has nothing to do with why a realtor should use you. If they're using you solely for the rate, then you're a whore, okay? Which means you haven't built any value. They're only going to you because it's cheap. Okay, so like a good lender finds ways to bring value to the real estate community. It should be a partnership, but just like a partnership in marriage is one it takes work. It takes sitting down and having conversations. So if you're not sitting down lenders with realtors, realtors with your lending partners and having business conversations two, three, four times a year, I don't think you're really partners. And lenders, I think you have to understand this based on my experiences. You're a vendor, period, end of story. You are a vendor. I don't care how often your realtor partners invite you to play ultimate Frisbee. They invite you to go on weekend cruises. Uh, They may even invite you to come play pickleball with them. I promise you the minute you stop marketing to them, advertising to them, sponsoring happy hours, taking them to lunch, they quit inviting you. I'm someone speaking from experience, Mm -hmm. right? They don't know your birthday. They don't help you celebrate your birthday unless you put it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But they don't go out of their way to know your birthday, right? So you're a vendor. Understand that and then embrace it. As a vendor, it doesn't mean you can't have a friendly relationship. It doesn't mean that you couldn't develop into becoming best of friends, but normally that doesn't happen. Right, those are outliers. Normally, you're a vendor, they're an account. Service that account. Understand as a vendor, you might not get all of their referrals, and that's okay. Because they may have two of you. They may be you and someone else that they love equally, that they trust equally, that they look up to professionally equally. So your goal is to capture your market share, no different than any other profession. When I sold TV advertising at a national level, Right, so national level, our client was WTSP, the CBS affiliate in Tampa. And we were selling to a national audience, like Honda, Ford, Home Depot. Like, I wasn't going to be, if Home Depot was spending a million dollars in the Tampa market on TV ads, I wasn't trying to get all $1 million of, of of that ad spend. I was trying to get $235,000 of the ad spend because last year I only got 200,000. I was trying to go from a 20% market share to a 23.5% market share. You have to address your mortgage business in the same manner and you cannot, Jenny Weimert taught this to me, Weimert Group Realty, right? One of the most prestigious boutique real estate firms in the country, one of the top ones in the state of Florida. And she taught me early on not to be territorial. She said, Dustin, we love you. You are number one. Nobody does mortgage better than you. But you can't be our only lender. That's bad business for me. 
So you can't get your panties in a wad when I refer Austin over at Bank of England, or if I refer Vicky over at Synergy. Please know that they're part of my team too. So that I learned early, uh, quickly, my goal should be to win or garner 65% of Weimar Group Realty referrals. And then I'll let Vicky and Austin fight over the other mm-hmm. 35%, mm-hmm. right? That vendor thought process, they were accounts. Doesn't mean that I didn't want to go play Ultimate Frisbee with Jenny, because I did, right? Not and, and it's not that I wouldn't say yes to playing pickleball mm-hmm. if she and Mike picked up the phone and texted me mm-hmm. and said, hey, you want to come play pickleball? Because I would do that as well. But I understand my relationship is that of a vendor first. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of lenders get that twisted. And then let's talk about the LOs who oh, I hate talking to real. Oh, such a pain in my ass. <sighs> One part of me wants to say, do you, homie? Yeah. And another part of me just wants to say, get over yourself. Get over yourself. What is it? You're not up for the challenge? You don't want to be one of the best of the best because good realtors only work with the best of the best. Now, that doesn't mean that you allow someone to abuse you. Look, if a relationship's getting abusive, you get out of it. That's both in marriage Mm -hmm. as well as in business, right? There's enough people willing to do business the way that you do business. You do not need to do business with those that don't. So you still have to go out there and find your people. But to not want to work with the real estate community, what do you want to do, work against it? I mean, so now you're working in an environment where it's either consumer direct or you're working for a bank and you're just servicing the bank clients. And typically what I've learned is those types of mortgage professionals have a very, uh, not very, very, a strong word, have a lower ceiling of income potential than those that are incentivized to self-generate. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to self-generate, if you want to follow the patterns and you don't want to reinvent the wheel, then you have to get good at working with realtors. And by the way, whatever their personality flaws are or the deficiencies are or how much they annoy you, look at your lifestyle, look at your bank account, look at your W-2, and then just say thank you. Say thank you. If they were all easy to work with, you wouldn't be needed. Right. If every transaction went smooth, they wouldn't be needed. You can be their their partner, their adversary. Like question for you. Yeah. So I know loan offers call on realtors as part of their kind of daily status updates to reach out. Do realtors ever call on lenders like cold call? I'm like, hey, I'm looking for. No, okay. no, it doesn't work that way. OK, it doesn't work that way. And the reason why is because nobody ever woke up saying, God, I want to go in debt. for three Let's years. go. Yeah. Horn high. Yo. Yeah, they um, they don't. People want a home. Nobody wants a mortgage. It's the most important part is the mortgage. It's the first step is the mortgage, but nobody wants it. Therefore, when people wake up, they want to go on realtor.com on Zillow on Redfoot. They want to drive neighborhoods, hit open houses, at which point they end up talking to real estate professionals first. So then because of that, it's the real estate professional. It's like, hey, look, I'm 100% commission. I'm a you know, 1099 independent contractor. I'll spend some time with you but I can't spend too much time because I can't get that time back if you don't qualify, nor if you're looking to pay cash. So I need to make sure that you qualify. Let me get you in contact with a lender and preferably a lender I know, like, and trust Mm -hmm. so that when that lender gives me a thumbs up, that thumbs up means something, Mm. right? That's, that's kind of the the dichotomy of the relationship, Mm -hmm. but you know, a loan officer who doesn't want to, I mean, I, I, I went on my, my vendor, 
uh, rant already, right? I talked about uh, not becoming too territorial, yeah. right? I think that's a very important lesson, but also reckon, uh, realize this. If they're not responding to you, it's probably not even your messaging. It's probably because they don't have anything for you. So continue to text, continue to call, continue to email, continue to invite to lunch and learns and happy hours, continue to try to get face-to-face and one-on-one, but don't get discouraged when a particular realtor that you're trying to work with is ignoring you because you think they're ignoring you because they're not responding. They may be very well receiving your message, which your message is just this, hey guys, I'm still here and I'm still eager to help. That's your message, but it didn't really require a response. Right. Now, sometimes your messaging sucks, at which point you need to change your messaging. I mean, this is marketing, sales, advertising. So much of that is being creative and throwing crap against the wall to see what sticks. So if you've been using a certain messaging for six months and you don't like your results, tweak mm. your messaging mm. or tweak your delivery method, right? Maybe you're sending nothing but emails. Have you started using text? Maybe you're just using emails, but your emails incorporate video. Right? There's certain tweaks you do have to make as a self-promoting, self-branding marketeer. But don't just think that that real estate agent is ignoring you and take it personally like they don't like you. And then finally, because this came up on our call, it's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. And I'm going to walk you through some numbers. If a realtor closes 20 transactions in a year, they are a who's who in their office. I promise you that. If they close 20 transactions, they are somebody that most people look up to. They're probably in the top 10% in their entire brokerage. If they close 20 transactions, on average, 10 of those are buyers and 10 of those are, are listings. Of those 10 buyers, two of them paid cash. That leaves eight buyers. Of those eight buyers, if you were one of their two lenders that they loved, then you would receive four referrals mm-hmm. and the other would, would receive four at which point you more than likely would close two or three of them. But not all of their buyers are going to listen to them and heed their advice. Some of their buyers already have a lender. Maybe the lender is their cousin's brother's ex lover's best friend. Nonetheless, they're tied into that person. Mm -hmm. My point is this to find a real estate agent in your local market who closes 20 transactions is a big deal, but please know that person more than likely is only good for one to three closings a year. And if you're trying to close 60 transactions a year, that means you need 20 of those people, Mm -hmm. maybe even 30, and they're hard to find. So more than likely in order to find those 20, you're going to need to have 200 in your database. Those are 200 people at a minimum that you have met. You have had some kind of a transaction with Maybe They're a listing agent. You know something about them. They know something about you and you're consistently staying in front of them with phone calls, with text messages, with emails, with invitations to events that you're hosting, right? Or just outright picking up the phone and scripting, calling them, letting them know that you're currently planning out your work week. Who are they currently met that needs your services? How could I help you, John, sell more homes this month, this quarter, this year? How can I help you make some more money, John? That's why I'm calling you today, right? Like, so it is a numbers game. And I think loan officers need to understand that as well as it pertains to the relationship of lenders and realtors. In real estate agents, your lender could be your biggest advocate. Your lender, who very well is probably exposed to some of the best sales training 
in our industry who has access to certain tools and technologies that, that maybe you would only gain access to by paying for it. Your lender should be a partner. It should be somebody that you share your business goals with, that you ask for their advice. There's somebody who can train your team, right? Your lender is, is not someone you hit up for money. It's not, that's not a way to, 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 lead into a relationship. When you say hit him up for money, what do you mean specifically? Like, Hey, John, I'm a realtor. You're a lender. We don't know each other, but man, I'd work with you as long as you gave me $500 a month to go towards my Zillow. That's called prostitution, by the way. That's what prostitutes do. Like I'm looking to get into a relationship at a minimum, at a minimum, let me meet you for coffee. Let me buy you dinner, introduce you to my friends. At which point, if you're looking for some money, I might be willing to, to, to spend, mm -hmm. right? It's like, wait a minute, huh? Yes, that's prostitution. I don't mind investing in my agents. I don't. In fact, I coach it. I teach it. I teach loan officers how to help their realtors increase their conversion ratio. Because if a good lender has methods where they can help realtors increase their conversion ratio, increasing their conversion ratio may be one extra transaction this year. On an average commission, that could be $7,500 to 10 grand. Okay. Much better than 500 bucks a month to go towards Zillow already. And then it's like, well, what if I also invested in helping you capture more referrals from your past closed clients? What's that worth to you? Well, that could be worth one extra transaction. If I have methods and processes and systems in place. So then that could be worth another 7,500 to 10 grand. And then what if I'm so good at my job, I can turn no's into yeses. I can save a deal for you. Maybe it's because of a product I have. Maybe it's because I have a certain depth of knowledge based on my years of experience where I know the tricks of the trade and I know ways to turn a no into a yes. Well, you're going to be told no, that meant your transaction was going to die. I come in and tell you yes, whether it's through offering a product or just offering my big brain based on experience. There's another 7,510 grand. A very good lender could legitimately help his or her realtor partner fund two to three extra transactions per year. That is 15 to $30,000 in GCI gross commission earned. That is worth way more. So realtors, that's the type of conversation I think you should be having with your lenders, not who can refer you a lead, not who has the cheapest interest rates, not who's going to pay for your Zillow is that usually, or your Boomtown. Is that like the trap uh, realtors or lenders kind of fall into when they call on realtors? Realtors heard it all day. Like, I got the cheapest rates. I have the best of this. And, like, I've heard that 13 times a day. So they tend to brush off. Realtors tend to brush off. Everyone like, has great service. Everyone has awesome products. Everyone has competitive great rates. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do to invest in this person? Because that's a human being who's trying to earn a living. And more importantly, what's their why behind why they're trying to earn a living? Hmm. Is it their family? Is it getting out of debt? Is it saving for retirement? Like get to know them, bring value to their life, both personally and professionally. And then when you have a conversation with them, have a conversation with a partner would, and then realtors look to your lender to be your partner. That'd be my advice. They're not your sugar daddy. <laughs> Right. They just don't just pay for stuff. Yeah. Right. A lot of times if they're paying for stuff that's coming out of their personal pocket or heck it's coming out of your clients next transaction. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because if they're constantly paying you for your Zillow and your boomtown, then they don't have money 
to invest into their rate sheet. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the money has to come from somewhere. So it's like, and and get over each other because you need each other. That's how I'd summarize today's episode. Y'all, you need each other. LOs, you need realtors. Yes, they can be pains in the asses, but they're worth it. But they're worth it, right? So it's like step up to the plate, up your game, be ready for the challenge, and then bring it. And realtors, look at your lenders for what they are or what they could be. That's what my wife did. She didn't look at me for what I was. When we started dating, I was a nobody. Saw that diamond in the rough. She must have saw something. <laughs> something. Yeah, it wasn't the pasty pale skin. Something shiny. It was not the pasty pale skin and the uh, the 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 early onset of male pattern balding. I can tell you that much, John. Maybe that was a sprinkle. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I was a charity case for her. <laughs> yeah. but nonetheless, right? No, but if you see something in that in, in that LO, like you you can work together to form this partnership and this relationship, but you do need a good lender. Lenders are not a dime a dozen. They're not all the same either. I hear that from lenders. Oh, the lenders are all the same. No, they're not. Oh, women, they're all the same. That's uh, pretty strong statement, right? Like, yes, they you know tend to have the same body parts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they probably have the same uh, chromosomes, right? Right? Uh, right? X Y. X Y. Yeah. X X. Uh, I didn't pass. Yeah, double X is, is female. X Y is, is male. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm positive in that, John. Positive. Yeah, <laughs> they're double X's. But um, but yeah, and then and then figure out a way. But that's the relationship, and. Um, I, I don't ever see it being like totally rosy, totally cheeky, and all you know, mm-hmm. homogenous. Right. The big word for you, John. For Try you. Try to spell for that one. H. Try to spell homogenous. Homogeneous. Oh, damn you. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, hopefully someone gained some value out of this. No, that's awesome. Cool. Did you get what you wanted out of this channel? Yeah. I didn't want to go full Ricky Lake, uh, Phil Donahue. I see where I went back. back Montel. Montel. Damn, Jerry Springer, I don't want to go that far. But it's just interesting because they always seem to beef at each other, but they do need each other at the end of the day. So I just wanted to come together and hash it out. They do. I can't wait for the YouTube comments on this one. Oh, my God, I've been dying for this. Yes, this is exactly what I needed. I fucking hate my realtor, and I'm firing him today. Or? Possibly. I mean, possibly. But I'm just curious where people are going to go with this one because we could get some hate mail. We could get some trolls. Or we could get, like, the crazy emojis that meant – that mean nothing to me, but something to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or you get a, we could get a note from KW, the CEO of KW, Keller Williams. Oh, Keller Williams, like that had a Keller Williams mortgage company that just went. Oh, that happened. That just happened. Damn, I would, I did not know that. Yeah, that just happened. For real? Yeah. Well, that means there's going to be a lot of solid agents looking for a nest. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think they're going to try to resurrect it under a different brand name. I think another large player has come in and like swooped in and. Basically, picking up the pieces. Look at you being an industry child of the industry, whatever that means. You're a student of the game, Dustin. That, that's my job. Yeah. When you sign up to take on big initials at the end of your name, such as CMB, yes, you tend to need to be a, I did. a person of influence. I have the best initials, JR, Junior. They, oh, you deep, the, deep. See? Out of the park. That's a, that's a great way to end in this the, episode. Yeah. Is, yeah. So, um... Look for us, TLOP Live, West Palm. In a city near you. Continue to please check out the website. Yep. We are daily working on it. John yep. is updating content mm-hmm. on the weekly. Yep. I think we're due another newsletter coming out here real soon. Yes, we are. Uh, People but, like the newsletters, by the way. I know you don't get the feedback. People like generally read them like, that was a great market tip. So 
giving you the feedback. Perfect. Well, I pour my heart and soul in those newsletters. You really do. But in order to get a newsletter, you got to be a T-Lopper. You do. At a minimum, have a free membership. Free. You get, yeah, theloanofficerpodcast.com or tloponline.com. And if you want us to come to your market to do T-Lop Live. We'd love to be there. We are down. We are down. We need sponsors. Mm -hmm. We need somebody to get us there mm -hmm. and then somebody to actually host the event because we don't do that. Mm -mm. We will hop on a 45-minute Zoom call and we will give you our playbook yep. on how to host the event. But we don't host it. We show up. We bring it. Yeah. We hang out before. We hang out after. Yeah. Um, and we do need to pick up our travel. Yeah, that's it. So all in, depending on where you are and where we're going, it's probably – Four on the low end, six grand on the high end. Mm -hmm. If it's three sponsors, it's two thousand dollars per sponsor. If you get a hundred people there, that's two bucks ahead. It's twenty bucks ahead. My math is way off. But still, if you're a title company, you're an oh. insurance company, you're a mortgage lender. Talk about ROI. Yeah, like you look at what are, what are your profit margins? What type of money do you need to make to make this event worthwhile? Because you may have only had a hundred show up. But you probably got to invite thousands. Mm -hmm. So you had a reason to reach, reach out, out to thousands. And then you brought value to 60, 80, or even 100 local industry professionals. And here's the good part. With this show, we'll bring half the audience. Yeah. But the other half is on you. right? If you're a sponsor, the other half is on you. So if we can bring 30, 40, 50 people to the event, then we expect you to be able to get out there, be on the boots on the ground. It's your event, not our event. Mm -hmm. And bring people. But we do want to do 16 cities. Tampa's done. Orlando's done. West Palm is next. Damn. Already talking about doing Jacksonville, by the way, in May. Okay. Ta talking to my buddy Tom Reaver. Shout, by the way, shout out Tom Reaver. I'm trying to get Tom on the show. If you want to learn from one of the best mortgage leaders in the industry on how to be a great leader. I'm talking about a leader that your people follow you. Like hardcore Thick and thin, through it all, you want to be like Tom Reber. So I had a great call with Tom this morning. I think I want to have Tom on the show. Nice. If you think I bring the energy, just wait. Oh, shit. Yeah, my concern with Tom is how do I keep us reined in? You don't. Well, Off you the do. Rain, Tom. You do, Tom. Tom. I'll just cut the camera. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, the website is theloanofficerpodcast.com or affectionately tloponline.com because if you listen to this show and you love what we do, you are a T-Lopper. For life. So you're a T-Lopper. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you in the next episode. Peace. Bye.